Hey guys, I'm coming to you with a little bit something different today. My first guest who I can't wait to introduce you to. Um, we are talking all about money today. Our mind on our money and our money on our mind. We're talking money mindset today. Guys, I want you to really get this, really catch this because the guest that we have today, she's dynamic. She's awesome. So let's just go right into the episode as soon as we get done with a little housekeeping here. Maintaining a happy and healthy relationship does take work, even if that relationship is with yourself. There's work required to attain and maintain a meaningful life. Anything worth having is worth fighting for, and our relationships are certainly worth the fight. I use my personal struggles to help inspire my coaching and mentoring practice because I know what it feels like to be unhappy with yourself and in your relationship. I mentor singles on how to attract and find love and couples who are struggling to rekindle the passion and romance in their relationship by offering support and tools to transform their love story. When unhappiness has overwhelmed you, how do you transform your mindset? When a disagreement in your relationship gets you off balance, how do you get back on track? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Your Day and Beyond podcast episode number nine. I'm your host and dating and relationship coach, Shawnette Ahiabi. Welcome, Julia. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being my guest, my very first guest on the podcast. Guys, let me give you a little bit of background about Julia Scott. Miss Julia Scott is a certified expert in money mindset, feng shui, wealth management, and accounting. Julia integrates intuitive and financial tools to teach women everything they need to know about money. Why? Because life is so much easier without money stress. That is absolutely true. (laughs) Everyone is capable of creating wealth and Julia shows you how. She has two programs, her work with me offer. It's an eight week one-on-one coaching package to help you transform your relationship with money. You can find out more information about that on Julia's website located at www.loveluckwealth.com backslash courses. Julia also has some freebies out there for you guys. Free money personality quiz to help you identify your money triggers and unique gifts and more. Awesome. Julia, welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode, which is all about money, all about helping us get our money stories together. And I'd like to hear from you, Julia, about your money story. And we'll talk a little bit about mine because mine's not very interesting. And it was probably very typical. And then we'll go into our topics. We'll go into prayer and then go into our topics. So can you give us a little bit of background about you, Julia, how you came to be a money mindset coach um, and just your money story? 
Yeah. Hi, Shronette. Um, So nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my money story, I started out very ambitious. When I first finished university, I became an accountant, worked for a very exclusive boutique firm with some high net wealth individuals, met a husband there at the firm, basically my first week (laughs) and (laughs) ended up marrying him. (laughs) And we were together for about 15 years. And of course you do the usual things where you go and have children and we were both earning really great money. So we didn't both need to work. Uh, And I was happy to stay at home with the children because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, That's what society tells you that is what the women do. So I I did that. And then things can go wrong in a marriage. And uh, needless to say, the wife is always the last to find out. And I found myself in a very difficult situation because I couldn't stay in that marriage any longer. And I realized I didn't know where our money was. I didn't have any money of my own. I didn't even know where my superannuation was, which is basically your retirement savings account. Uh, We call that super in Australia. And so I found myself living basically on government benefits with my two very young children. And I went from a very wealthy lifestyle to having nothing. And It just really shocked me. And I thought, oh my gosh, if I'm an accountant and a financial advisor and I couldn't get my money together, how the hell is everyone else coping? So that's why I started what I do. And I specialize in women specifically for these kind of situations, because I don't ever want to see another woman end up in that situation. That is so awesome. And so it's a little closer to my story but not that close. I wasn't wealthy, (laughs) but I knew I was headed for a divorce before I I got divorced. And it's true kind of what you say, the wife is the last to know. The one thing that I didn't do in my last marriage, and I kind of am very thankful that I didn't do it, is that we didn't co-mingle our money. We didn't have the same bank accounts. I had no idea what was in his account. He had no idea what was in my account. In hindsight, looking back on that, that does make it easier for deception when you don't know anything, you don't know where anything is. You think that you're doing the best thing for the relationship is to keep keep it separate so you don't have those little arguments, but it also opens up the door for a lot of deception. Growing up, I grew up with a family, a single mother, single parent, and my mother always talked about lack. So I grew up knowing lack, lack, lack. We don't have enough for this. Um, I don't have enough to make it stretch till the end of the month because my mom got paid once a month. So she bought groceries that one time during the month, maybe picked up milk, bread, things like that here and there. But I can remember always hearing lack lack, lack, lack. So I grew up with the money story of lack. There's not enough. There's not enough. And there's so much anxiety built around that. It wasn't until I became an adult later that I started learning that I could have a healthy relationship with money, that money was not bad. Like I was taught sometimes from a biblical standpoint, people always reference the scripture about money being evil, but it's the love of money that's evil. But money is a resource. It's a tool. I've since learned that. And it's something that's very well needed, especially if we have these plans and these goals of having a lifestyle, at least I do, where I'm financially free to travel and make memories and help 
people in a way that's very impactful, but not little tiny things like giving a dollar here or there to a street corner person. I want to make big impacts in the world. And the only way to do that is to have the financial resources to do that. So I've since learned that money is not a bad thing, but I still have some of that money mindset that I grew up with. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners do too. They have the same thing. So Julia, let's do this. Let's go ahead and start with a prayer. And I mean, this, this topic is so good. It's so juicy. I cannot wait to dive into it, to hear some of your insight on things. Um, So let's start with a prayer and then we'll go right into our topic. Heavenly Father, we just come thanking you. God, we thank you today that the mics are working. (laughs) We thank you that... that we figured it out. You know, you always come right in the nick of time to help us, God, with things. And I'm so thankful that Julia is on the podcast today sharing her expertise, her wisdom, her knowledge about something that we all need, a tool and a resource that we all need. And you said that we are to live life abundantly. And that abundant life includes financial abundance. So I ask that you open up our minds today, open up our hearts to be able to hear and to understand and also perceive the things that we're hearing to understand that money is a tool. It's a resource that we all need. When we don't have it, we feel the pain of not having it. And I don't think that you meant for us to live a life full of stress and suffering. So we just ask that you open our eyes, open our hearts today day and open up our acceptance of things that are different. We may not understand different. We may not um, agree with different, but we can respect different. And those are the things that we ask of you in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Let's jump right in, Julia. Awesome. Awesome. Julia, my first First, first question to you is you talked about you being married and having a, a wealthy lifestyle. And then when you got divorced, you really didn't know what was going on with your finances. So what are some of the common misconceptions that women have about money, especially women when they get married? Yeah, I think like, like you said, we're taught by society culturally that women should just trust their partner. And really, it's only about two generations ago that women were considered financial property of men. So this is all very new um, in terms of civilization. So if you imagine the last 6,000 years, uh, women really were just chattel. And and marriage was designed not for love. It was to provide children and just basically to provide financial protection for women while they had children. Children and but if they didn't deliver, the man had the right to uh, renege and divorce you. So it's it's really quite new that women have had um, their own financial independence. And so I think that women need to basically step up a bit more and step into their own power. Our uh, grandmothers worked really hard to get where we are today. And don't waste this opportunity by just playing that old role that we used to play and be just submissive. Uh, I understand we still want to be feminine. There's nothing wrong with that. 
and that I'm not against men at all. I quite love men, <laughs> but um, I just think we all need to come in um, a, a bit more balanced. And just like both partners need to put love into a marriage, both partners should also put some financial responsibility into a marriage not necessarily earning money because of course one partner may have to be at home with the children, but just take an interest in it and, and ask questions and know where everything is. And there's nothing wrong with that because it shows that you're interested and that you don't want to leave all the burden with your partner and you want to share that burden just like you share the love. Does well, that make like sense? Like It makes a lot of sense. Like you said, a lot of times the person that's left home caring for the kids and leaving the work world, normally it's the woman that is yeah. leaving work and caring for the kids full time. So that kind of puts women at a disadvantage, so to speak, especially if you're not keenly aware of your financial situation in the home. If you have a husband that does not talk about those things with you, that does not include you in the decisions, especially if the husband feels like because he's the primary breadwinner that he does not have to. I don't think there's many men like that left. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. Men are really, not. really stepping up. There are some, let's just be honest. There are some men that still think that way. But there are a lot of men who are being inclusive with their partner and including them in that money story as well so that they know what's there, what they have, especially nowadays with coronavirus and you just don't know what's going to happen. No. You need a plan. What are some ways that women can have a more healthier relationship with money? I know I talked about my relationship just from growing up. It was all about lack. So I viewed money as something that was hard to come by or that was hard to, to get. You know, you had to work very hard to, to get a little bit of money. There was never enough. You know, I can remember uh, being told we don't have a money tree in the backyard, you know, where you can go just pluck money off of it. So how do we start to change the dynamics of some of the things that we were, you know, that we learned as children, yeah, it's, especially when it's, <laughs> when it's not healthy? Yeah, that's, it's really interesting. And it just goes to show just how powerful those stories are when you're growing up. Because I, I had the opposite. I had entrepreneurial family and I was told all my life that there's plenty of money to be made out there. I wasn't necessarily told it was easy. My parents did work very hard, but I was always told that if you need money, it's out there. You've just got to go and get it. I, I actually did believe there was a money tree. <laughs> I remember seeing it when I went to the bank one day with my dad. There was one of those flyers with, with like a, a money tree on a flyer at the bank. And I saw it and I actually believed it. And, it was real. <laughs> but so... There's different ways that we all grow up and there's this theory that if all of the money in the world was gathered together and spread evenly across everyone on the planet, everyone would have at least a million dollars or more and then within two to three years, all of the money would be in the same hands of the same people because it's not necessarily about where you grow up or your education. It's about whether you believe that it's easy for you to get money. It's all up here in your head between the temples, 80% mindset and only 20% mechanics. 
So it's so important to get that story right. And I encourage people to just start to think about those sayings that they've heard throughout their life and make a list of them all. And then, so one, one of the easiest ways to try and flip that is, is on that list on the other side, try and put down a, a phrase that is opposite to that and pick the ones that resonate with you the most and then just write them everywhere on your like mirrors and things at home, put them on as screensavers on your phone, write them out in your journals, all these positive quotes. So instead of saying money's hard to come by, you, you, you would flip that and say, it's easy for me to make money. And, and I know it sounds odd when you first say it, but once you start saying it over and over again, after a while, the brain doesn't know the difference between your imagination and reality and your subconscious takes in just like it took in those money stories as you were growing up your subconscious will take in if you say it enough the the opposite the 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 more more positive mindset uh, mantra that I totally believe in because um when I did start having a or start changing my relationship with money. That was some of the things that I would do is I would write some affirmations. I still have some in my phone that I listen to with regards to money. But let me tell you what I struggled with saying those affirmations. I struggled with biblical or scriptural belief right. that loving money was evil. So I would play these affirmations because I keep, you know, I kept them recorded so that I could play them at different times throughout the day. So I play my affirmations or I would read my affirmations and and I felt guilty for saying Mm. I want money or, you know, that money's coming to me, money's flowing to me, money's always flowing through my hand. I had so many affirmations that I would say regarding money. Needless to say, I I got over that because I started seeing the money flowing. I started seeing money come to me. Yeah. But it was very challenging at first for me to get past hearing, oh, it's wrong to want money. Mm. Yeah. Well, God, um, when you think about it, everyone... Everything on this earth, like plants, animals, humans, everything, we're all put here to grow. This is why we're here. The plant, like a plant starts as a seed and um, you you water it, you feed it with like, say, energy, um, which can be translated into money, if you like, for humans. And then the plant can grow and become what it needs to become. And it's the same with human beings. Um, It's just not possible to live life to your full extent if you're in poverty. It's just not possible. doesn't matter how good a person you are, you're just not going to be able to get to your peak ability to make changes in positive change in the world or, 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 or be such this awesome person that helps others around you. You can't do that in poverty. So to me, uh, like... Money means growth. It helps people to, it's, it's about who the hands of the money are in. So if it's in the hands of somebody who doesn't have a good intentions, then yes, that's not going to be very good at all. But if it's in the hands of um, especially women who are naturally wired to nurture, I truly believe that that this is a good thing because we, we all want money to be in the hands of good people. 
So I say go for it. If you if you if you know you're a good person, go for it because money just enhances who you are. And that's it, it so helps. true. Yeah. That is so true. You cannot reach your full potential in poverty. You can't even think no. about it. <laughs> you can't no. even get creative. A lot I know a lot of women are trying to start their own businesses and a lot of them, you know, in some of the groups that I'm in, you can tell who's new, who's just starting, and you can mm. kind of tell who has a mindset, um, that lack mindset, because it kind of comes out in their conversation, even though starting your own business, being an entrepreneur is on a path of wealth building. Yes. And that's why we're doing it really. Like Exactly. I mean, yes, we want to serve people, but we also need to serve ourselves and our families <laughs> like there's no point serving others if you you don't have your cup full because you exactly can't. <laughs> you can't serve from an from an empty cup yeah. so let's talk about that let's talk about building wealth particularly for women what advice would you give a woman who um, came to you or um, took a coaching session with you? What advice would you give her about building wealth? Is it a good thing to do? How to get started with it? Um, taking yeah. baby steps, all of those things, budgets. Yeah, I would encourage her, first of all, to um, up-level her own wealth consciousness. So that means that you... You, you start to see the opportunities around you to build wealth because everybody has something that they're good at uh, and you may not value it at the moment because it comes so easily to you. Um, like somebody might be an excellent cook and everyone's always asking for advice or something. So I would say to that person, do if you love doing that and it brings you joy, why not make that into a business or something? Because it's so important to do something that you love because you'll always be successful when you do something that, that you love and you'll always be good at it because you, you don't mind putting the hours in because it's a labor of love. So I always encourage them to have a, a passive income stream or, or a side hustle, if you like. Mm -hmm. uh, that's always important to have more than one income stream. Uh, and then uh, just get into the habit of um, focusing on attracting as much money as you can into your life. And when you get it, make sure you look after it and you have um, some kind of system where you uh, quarantine your money as it comes in. Have you heard of that uh, concept of pay yourself first? Yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, that's basically saying, pay instead of paying bills first we're all trained to think that that's the most important thing but really there's no point paying the bills first if you're not going to have anything left over because you can't exist <laughs> so I always say put aside at least 20% of your income to put into a savings account quarantine it in a separate in banking institution uh, so that you don't see it in your everyday kind of um money transactions and you're not tempted to spend it and once that savings account gets to a certain level say about at least six months worth of your general um, expenses I would put anything that over and above that amount into um, some kind of investment that generally would be shares or investing more in your business 
but something that is going to give you a positive return and it's going to grow your money because money loves to be put to work. Mm. I like what you said there about money loves to be put to work, but I especially like what you said. I've always heard pay yourself first and I've always done that, but I, I like what you said about reinvesting in your business because a lot of us entrepreneurs don't look at that as something that we're, that's something good that you're doing when you reinvest in your business, when you make money and you don't go blow the money, but you take it and you turn it back around and you put it maybe into a bigger marketing um, effort or another project that's going to help your business. All of those things are actually paying yourself. They, you know, they, it, they're helping yeah. to build your wealth. And a lot of people look at it differently when they're an entrepreneur. They don't look at, oh, I'm putting it back into my business. Um, and a lot mm-hmm. of us can get hung up that we may not see a lot coming in, but what you do have coming in you're actually repurposing those dollars. And I think that's great. And I think it's something that we should be proud of that a lot of us are doing. You said something to the effect about reinvesting the money after you save it up for six months. Um, Yeah. Do you also assist or advise women that you're coaching with those investment opportunities or is that something that you farm out to someone else? Yeah, I usually, I, I try to stay away from um, acting as a formal financial advisor because I think that there's so much more power in teaching a woman how to do it herself. So I, I used to be a financial advisor, like I, I totally understand what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's, there's no point, you, you need to understand what's going on. There's no point just palming it off to somebody else. And, and more to the point, they charge you a lot to do that when it's not really that hard. Investing is not um, like you see in the movies, like it's not like buy, sell, buy, sell, and it's not all, you know, gun-ho like that, cowboy-like. It, when, you, when you buy quality stocks in blue-chip um, companies, basically you buy and hold for like 10 years. So it's like buying a house. Mm-hmm. You, you buy quality things, um, stocks in, in quality companies that you understand, or even better, you buy in an index fund, which is uh, basically a computer program that buys across the whole of the top 500 um, listed companies in your market. Mm-hmm. And that way, your investments are always diversified. So if one part of your uh, of the economy is not going so well, like resources, say steel or coal and all that kind of stuff, if that falls, then you've always got other types of businesses like uh, health, um, IT, uh, that and retail that might be going up. So overall, you're going to always be um, on average. Uh, looked after if you do some kind of index fund. So I teach women how to invest safely and to do it themselves because it's so much cheaper and you don't, unless you have a very complicated structure with trusts and lots of companies and things, or if you're close to retirement age being like 60, um, I really do believe that you can do it yourself. And I think it's very empowering for women to step up and take control of that, or at the very least, discuss it with your partner and do it together. 
I think that's amazing because that's something that intimidates a lot of people being able to invest their money. Um, and what's the least amount a person could take and invest in, in something? Oh, well, um, stocks basically, uh, you can buy stocks for like, you know, $20 each kind of thing. But the problem is when you um, do each transaction, so if, if you if you do um one transaction in an index fund, I would recommend that you start with $1,000 batches of buying because each time you buy, there's a brokerage fee of say, um, maybe $15 or so. So it doesn't make sense to buy one stock for $20 when you pay a $15 brokerage fee. So I usually say to my clients to invest in a minimum of $1,000 packages at a time. uh, And that way it just makes the most of your brokerage fees. That makes sense, especially if you're paying out 20 and then a $15 fee. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. how would how how should women that are married or that are getting married that had wealth coming into the marriage or that build wealth while they're married how should they protect that wealth in the event that they get a divorce or well there's always before they marry Yeah, there's always prenups. And if they really do uh, want to protect it, I would always recommend to see a lawyer before you get married to see what your options are there to protect all of that. But um, more to the point, I would just be super careful whether you've got money or not going into a marriage, you always need to be careful of the other party's debt. Because when you're married to somebody, not only are you responsible for half of their assets, you're also responsible for half of their debt. And I think people forget that. So if you go into a marriage and you have all your own money and you're totally safe, but your partner has a gambling problem that he's hiding and you don't know about until the last minute, guess what? You are responsible for half of his debt. Yeah. Which can possibly wipe out your um, assets, your personal exactly. assets. Exactly. So um, this is another reason why it's important to just know what you have as a couple and to just keep tabs on what kind of debt levels you have. And if there's a problem, you want to be able to help your partner get through that. It's not about like keeping tabs on anybody. It's just, it's a partnership. It's not like the olden days that in our grandmother's era where, you know, the man had all the rights and we didn't have any rights to even ask. It's, it's, it's different now. And we need to um, just take advantage of all of those benefits that our ancestors, female ancestors have provided for us to give us that authority. I totally agree on that. What, um, What should women do or what are some of the biggest challenges that women have when it comes to building wealth? And let me get more specific on that. How should a woman go about strategizing? We talked about buying stocks. We talked about saving that six month and then taking the additional from the, you know, after you've uh, met your six month saving, we've talked about reinvesting that. What about living on a budget? Is that practical nowadays? Um, I 
I um, tend to stay away from budgets because I think they have a negative connotation. And as soon as you mention that word, people just coil up and just don't want to go there <laughs> because there's a lot of shame and guilt involved in budgets and it's, it's just not always a positive thing. So I, I encourage my clients to go through um, their their bank statements and just sort of identify any obvious money leaks. So say subscriptions that um, you no longer use um, or gym memberships you don't go to or, and just turn them off or put them on hold for a while until you can work out what you're doing. You'd be surprised how much money you can save if you actually just pay attention to what's going on. But going forwards, I, I really do believe that we need to um, focus on income and drawing more, more money into your life mm-hmm. because that has so much more value than concentrating on what's going out because whatever we focus on grows. It's that whole quantum physics kind of thing where your, your mind and your thoughts create your reality. So if you're constantly looking for ways to save money, you spend energy doing that. And wouldn't you rather spend that energy looking for ways to make more money? It just makes more sense. I want to make more money. Way around. <laughs> yeah. I want and to then spend, you can spend my- whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. As long as you're putting aside like, you know, a minimum of 20% into this separate quarantined account and and investing it and not touching it, spend whatever you like. Like seriously, money, we're, we're here to live. Like money should not be something that we have to just hoard it's not healthy um we need to just like the ocean um the tide goes in and out and 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 we breathe in and out money is energy and if you hoard it all the time and stop the flow of it going in and out both ways so right now a lot of a lot of people listening might have more money going out all the time than coming in so that's just as bad as having money coming in and not enough going out in order to be in flow with life and energy um it's really important to just keep that going so then we come to the whole concept of teething sorry um you know, like giving. Mm-hmm. Um, some people um, believe that you should give or donate um, 10% of your income in order to attract more. That's the theory energetically. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't recommend people do that until they have a good, healthy income stream coming in. Mm-hmm. But you'd be surprised how um, the synergies that happen once you start becoming more aware and more um, conscious of how your money is coming in and going out and whether it's balanced or not. So f- figure out where, where the problem is and focus on focus on that. And it's usually always the money coming in. <laughs> is the money coming in and not going yeah. out? No, no, well, not everyone has. Oh, I, I not think, enough coming in. Not enough coming mean? in. Okay, got Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. Got you. Not enough yeah. coming in. Got you. And yeah. that is true. That usually is uh, the problem most of the time. So would you say that it's deceptive for a married woman to have money or have a rainy day fund that she doesn't tell her husband about? Um, I think about that? My, my theory with that is stay in your own lane. Like we go, we go into marriages and you, you, you shouldn't go into a marriage as half a person looking for another half to complete you because that's a recipe for disaster because nobody else is responsible 
for, for you. Okay, we are each our own person. And those days of Prince Charming and the fairy godmother coming to look after you are gone. They're just fairy tales. It's not even real. So stay in your own lane. Know where you stand at all times. Know that if something happens to go wrong, that you have the ability to walk away and you're not tied to anybody. It's not deceptive. I I don't think so at all. I think everyone's entitled to have something of their own. Mm -hmm. And just like um, you you don't want to know everything about your partner, like in terms of just the love side of things, if you know everything about what your partner's doing every minute of every day, that's actually quite negative and quite controlling what why would you want to know that there's there's something to be said for um some kind of um just that mystery there and it it keeps you know everything fresh and new and if you are your own person and you and you know where you stand financially and you've always got that little bit of money set aside that if you need to, you can just walk away. You don't need to put up with anything. And again, not a dig on men. I'm sure, you know, that nine times out of 10, a man can just walk away because they they are not at home with the children and they do have that um, continuous income that they can rely on to walk away. It's the women who's, who are at home with children and don't have their own um Uh, regular income they're the ones that really do need to have this rainy day fund because if or or some people call it a running away fund and it's not meant to be (laughs) negative just it's it's to have that power and that sense of you know just just that confidence in yourself to know that you, you you can make your own decisions that's powerful and and as I said our ancestors worked so hard for this so take it do it I totally agree with that because you don't know what's going to happen in a relationship. You don't know if it's going to go south. (laughs) So why not have that, um, that rainy day fund, just in case you need to start over. Um, It is certainly harder for women to start over than it is for men. Most of the time, I'm not going to say that's the case all of the time, but most of the time, especially if you're the ones with the kids and now you find yourself without a partner and trying to make ends meet and shuffle kids around, it gets a little bit challenging. So having that cushion or having that rainy day fun helps a little bit. It ha- or a lot, yeah. depending on how much you put in there. Now, I'm not talking about people socking away millions of dollars that they're not. No. Yeah, we're just yeah. talking. Yeah, we're just talking, you know, rainy day fun, just in case something happens money. Yeah, that kind of thing. Before yeah. we go into our third topic, um, talking about financial security, um, let me go ahead and talk to you guys about a new membership that I have coming available in February. I know what it feels like to be in an unhappy and unhealthy marriage. That's why I'm committed to openly sharing my experiences to help you change the trajectory of your relationship and fully support you with the resources and tools you need to have a beautiful life and happy marriage. Beginning in February, you can join my membership lounge, Live Happy, Love Better. It's a community of high vibing married women who are doing the self work to have a beautiful life. 
in this community, you'll get the resources, support, and tools to maintain healthy and happy marriages while living big, bold, and beautiful lives. Go to yourdayandbeyond.com today for more information about this dynamic community of married women who want to define marriage on their own terms and get the support they need to live their best lives. So let's go ahead and jump into our final topic, which is financial security, protecting our assets, increasing our wealth, or having a strategy or a plan. Um, I, I know a lot of us don't have a plan sometimes when it comes to money. Um, we don't have that six month of money saved up. If something happens, God forbid. A lot of us have had eye openers with what happened in 2020 with coronavirus. It was so unexpected. Yeah. People lost yeah. their jobs. They lost, lost their livelihoods. And a lot of people did not have that six month of um, income put away to continue paying their mortgage and to continue paying their, their normal household expenses. So I think a lot of it is what you said, that 80-20 changing that mindset, bringing more income in than you have going out, yeah. saving or putting back that savings and making sure you have at least six months of savings put away to handle any situation that comes up. But you said something to me when you and I first chatted, Julia, about this, uh, doing this interview a few weeks ago, you yeah. said money loves speed. Yes. And Ever since you have said that to me, I have kept that in my mind and I've kind of, you know, meditated on that. And I watch at the speed of which things are coming to me now, things are happening, yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. with the podcast. I'm like, yeah. I had no idea that it was going to grow so fast and draw so fast. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful. I had no idea it podcasts is. were this powerful, but they are. Yeah. But I think of that every time an opportunity comes my way, every time an idea pops up in my head that I can make money off of, I think of exactly what you said. Money loves speed. If an idea comes to you that um, will allow you to take make action. money, then yeah. take action. And that action yeah. doesn't have to mean I, I have all of the pieces of the puzzle. I know what no. to do. That action yeah. for me sometimes is just writing down the idea. Yeah. And meditating and praying. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's just having trust, um, trust in, in the universe or God, whatever you believe in, because the universe wants to help us and we're the ones blocking it. We're the ones standing in its way. And that's where we come to the, the topic of money blocks and things like that. So once you start removing those money blocks, oh my goodness, the synergies that happen are amazing. And all these new opportunities just flood into your life and doors open and new people come into your life. And it's a beautiful thing. It's just amazing. And it all comes from just having that faith. And as soon as you get a great idea, which they come all the time. If you really listen, they come all the time. And then as soon as you take one step towards it, you will get the next step and the next step and the next step. But you don't always see the whole path in front of you. You have to trust and you have to, but no one, um, 
Yeah, no, no one who ever was super successful in their life did it knowing that they were going to end up there. Like it's just, you have to trust. And they were willing to have the courage to step forward and just take that leap of faith. So if you can do that, the universe will reward you. When you work with your clients, um, what are some of the fears that you hear about surrounding money, especially when it comes to financial security? Yeah, well, that's for women. Um, There's been a lot of research done on this. And for women, especially, we're wired to um, seek security when when it comes to money, whereas men are wired more for power and competition. It's just a generalisation. It's not to be, you know, it's not every woman or every man, Mm -hmm. but um, we're just, we're supposed to be nurturers. That's what we were designed for, for child rearing and whatnot um so it's it's just in our nature no my question to you was what are some of the fears the fears that clients come to you with yeah so the fears are never having enough money that is the biggest fear Mm -hmm. they're even if they do have enough now they're worried about not having enough in the future and um i think that just comes back to that whole scarcity mindset and you really do need to trust that the universe is and and god is going to look after you as long as you follow your intuition and you you seek out all of those money-making opportunities and you're not shy to look for them Uh, because there's always ways to make money even in corona some people have made absolute fortunes in corona because and it's not out of you know uh, it, it's it's not taking money away from other people. It's finding a niche and a need and servicing that market. I There's totally always agree. something. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree on that. Who knew that even coaching is so needed yeah. right now? Um, so there are so many people who are getting divorced who are mm. having challenges in their marriage. So many people that are having money stories they're having challenges with their money that kind of thing not to say that we're profiting off of these people because that's not where I'm going with that but coronavirus just exposed a lot of things I think some of those things were there anyway some people already Mm -hmm. had money issues managing their money but when coronavirus hit and you lose your job then everything up in the air. Some of those marriages probably already had issues, but they had the distractions of being able to go to work or go out the house or or go go hang out with people in the bar and do things, but don't have distraction anymore. So those little things that were already there, those underlying things that were there probably have Mm. boiled to the top now. But in regards to like financial security, I think that is it something that each person kind of describes for themselves? Like for instance, me, I may say, I want to be a multimillionaire and someone else will say, well, you know, my, I'm not hoping to be a multimillionaire. I just want to pay my bills and, and, you know, have a little bit left to go on vacation or something like that for that 
financial security that we want, whether if it's, you know, just to go on vacation every year and pay their bills on time, or if it's to be a multimillionaire, what steps should we take? We talked about building wealth. We talked about securing the wealth that we build, but what other steps could we take to ensure that we're securing ourselves financially? Well, first of all, you have to know what that is. So what is your ideal life? What kind of things do you and expenses do you have in that ideal life? And that will give you an idea on how much you you need per annum to to live that life of freedom. So you're you're totally right. For some people that might be 5 million a year for others it might be only 100,000 a year because they don't feel that they need that much money and and for some people um, having too much money has the opposite effect in that they they ne- then become worried about their own personal safety because they think that people are going to come to try and take advantage of them and stuff like that so that that whole situation gets flipped so it all comes down to uh, what you need to live your ideal life so get familiar with that start writing down all the things that you want in your ideal life know what it is because most people don't even know and there's there's research out there that says that just by writing down your goals especially financial goals you are 40 percent more likely to reach them and that, that was a, a study done at a university in the USA. I find that fascinating, 40% more likely just by writing it down. But 90% of the population has never written their goals down. That's huge. Why do you but people are even is? too afraid to think of it. Oh, so, yeah, because they worry. Yeah, because they get, they get worried um, that nervous that if they start to think about what they want then they'll feel the lack even more so it comes from this whole fear but as we said before it takes courage to live your best life and to um, not be afraid to be different to people Um, that's another whole fear that people have subconsciously they might not be aware of it but if you are surrounded by people who are only earning you know maybe fifty thousand dollars a year and you aim to earn a million dollars a year if you voice that to that group of people they're going to shoot you down they don't want you to like that makes them look bad if you earn a million dollars it's not that they're not happy for you but it's about our programming um, subconsciously and we we want to all stay in um, a tribe because you know going back to caveman days or even just a few thousand years ago if you um if you were outcast from the tribe you just didn't survive so this all this stuff is in our neural pathways that's been passed down through generations in our dna and you have to first of all become aware of it and then have the courage to think big acknowledge what you want because we are here to live and to grow. That is why we're on this earth. So I don't think that you're doing God or the universe any justice if you keep on limiting yourself. You need to live to your full potential. And you're only going to do that if you if you have the courage to follow your, your intuition and your inner guidance system. So I teach people to tap into that, to find out what their actual goals are, and to, and to think 
to think big. So if you have expenses of a certain amount every year, I wouldn't necessarily try to tell you to put that in your plan as just to, to bring in that amount. You want more than that because you want money left over as well. Exactly. So people, people forget that. They just, they only ask for what they, <laughs> what they need. need. <laughs> yeah. But then it's still that scarcity because after you've received it, it goes straight back out and you're still left with nothing. And that's not abundance, is it? So no. uh, always ask for a little bit more. Yes. Um, doing your money story. I think we had an exercise where we had to do that. Um, I'm trying to think, cause you and I met through Gina's program, yeah. uh, perfectly packaged. And was it an exercise that she had in there to have us put what we wanted to earn one of the money? Exercises? I think that was in, um, it was in the very beginning. In, I, I can't remember, but maybe I remember it was in one of her meditations and she was saying that, imagine that you have, you know, everything that you need and all the money that you want and how much is that? And right. you come up with a figure in your head and she's like, now times it by 10. And you go, oh my God. That, <laughs> that actually, but it was the, <laughs> it was another exercise where she had us similar to that, figure out how much money we need to pay our bills and then add extra to that. Like you're saying, yeah. because once you pay everything, but she not only talked about paying the bills that you have now, but future bills. Like for instance, I know that in order for me to grow successfully in my business, I need a team. So I've asked yeah. for a team of five, you know, I need Uh, I need a web developer. I need an editor for my podcast. You know, all of these things that I'm not going to do because it makes my head hurt trying to figure it out technically. Um, But even putting that money there and then filling into that every day, like I have a little note that I have stuck to my lamp that says, as a millionaire, what would I do today? Yes. You know, as a millionaire, what would I think today? What would my, what would my biggest challenges be? What would my day look yeah. like? And I try to feel into that every day to feel into, yeah. into that. And so what you said makes perfect sense. Um, and I really and truly hope people grasp this and get this concept more or less that you may not have it right now, but it doesn't mean you can't imagine it. You can't visualize it and you can't feel into what it's going to feel like to have it. And to what you said, Julia, about that person making 50,000 a year and sharing with their other um, friends or family who are earning around the same amount of money a year. And people are like, oh, you can't do that. This and that. Well, at that point, it's time to get new friends and it's okay. It's okay to go outside of that circle because we'll get more friends. Exactly. If you stay in that circle of friends, then you're going to stay in a lower vibration. So you're going to have to elevate to a higher vibration um, with another group of friends who may be earning earning a hundred thousand a year or 200,000 a year, whatever your goal is, because that's going to keep you motivated to aspire for more by associating with people in that group, you know, in that mindset versus trying to make the people in the mindset that is against what you're trying to do, understand and have compassion for you. That's not going to work. It's going to stress you out. Oh no, no. Because that's their money story. 
talking. Um, and you, there's nothing you can do to change another person's money story because it's internalized and it's in their subconscious. It, it's not, and, and anytime someone's angry at you about talking about money or, or wanting to earn more money, that's their projection. It's got nothing to do with you. So don't take it personally. You wouldn't take it personally if someone told you that you had a purple face because you, you'd laugh because it's just not true, you know? Right. So it's the same with this. If someone says, oh, no, that's not possible, you couldn't possibly earn a million dollars a year, you can just laugh at them and say, well, that's that's your thoughts. That's not my thoughts. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it's got nothing to do with me. And me, I'm like, okay, watch me. <laughs> watch me. <Yeah>. Watch me. <laughs> I can't. Okay, watch me. Yeah. Don't tell me what I can't do. Watch me. That, that's watch right. what I, I do. <laughs> I, have, I have that as my screensaver. Um, and it says, I can and I will watch me. Exactly. And, I love it. Yeah. And I, I remember I was going through my divorce and I had a meeting with a barrister. And uh, he was very fancy, expensive barrister. And um, he he saw me open my laptop up and my screensaver came up with that on it. And he was like, he just laughed because he thought it was funny. And I'm like, it's not funny. It's true. <laughs> like, I said, you watch me. I'm doing this. Exactly. Watch <laughs> me. See, whatever. I, I won that case. I, I won it. I won it. And I made new case. I broke new ground and it became wow. case law. And I See? represented myself. Yeah. Just by thinking it. You knew, you know, you knew what you had the power to do. Well, we are coming to a close, Julia. I want to give you an opportunity to share with the listeners more about your program. I talked about it in the beginning when I did your intro, but I like for you to go into more detail about the programs that you offer and by all means, give us your contact information. How can people get in contact with you? How can they talk with you more about getting their money story together? Um, All of that good stuff. Um, We don't want to um, leave without knowing that information today. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Um, Right. Well, everything's on my website, which is at um, loveluckwealth.com. And so I I do one-on-one sessions on Zoom. Um, Most of my clients are in um, America and uh, Canada and the UK. So I'm used to those kind of time zones. I'm in Australia. I don't know if we mentioned that before. You might have recognized the accent. (laughs) Um, And I I have an eight-week program which helps women transform their relationship with money. So I go into the whole money mindset, resetting your money stories, helping you to just see money as a positive thing and to change the filter on how you see opportunities so you can recognize more opportunities coming to you in your life and take action because as we said money loves speed and all of my clients have all these synergies that start happening in in their life um, when new opportunities come in because they've just changed their they've elevated themselves and their vibe and they're just more open to it I also do feng shui so I integrate that into um, with the finance tools and the money mindset coaching tools to help people to come at money from all angles to be able to make some serious positive change uh, and help you live the life that you've always wanted to live that's not stressful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Julia, for being a part of my show today and imparting such wisdom on us about money, our money stories. I know a lot of us, um, 
have not even acknowledged our money story. It's probably just True. been what whatever we had growing up or whatever we were told or taught. Yeah. But um, I think a lot more people now are starting to realize that there is a mindset and that you have to shift that from things that may not necessarily be in your best interest anymore, things that you grew up with that may not have necessarily been true, or it was just a belief that was held. So first acknowledging what your money mindset is, then being able to recognize some things that you don't need anymore in that story and putting new things into that story and transforming your money story, not only transforming your money story, but transforming your life. And I think that this topic today is very well needed. Thank you so much for bringing it to us. Well, beautifuls. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you guys for listening to this episode today. And I encourage you to share this episode with all of your family and friends. We had Miss Julia Scott on today, Money Mindset Coach. Go to her website. You can find her at www.loveluckwealth.com. www.loveluckwealth.com. That's a mouthful to say. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys... Please subscribe to the episode. Leave a review about today's episode. You can also go to yourdayandbeyond.com to leave a comment or you can leave a comment on Instagram. DM us, uh, DM me. Julia, what's your Instagram handle? At Love Luck Wealth. So at Love Luck Wealth is Julia and Your Day and Beyond. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. And we are out.